What's going on, people in the world? I am joined here with my throwing partner, Brian Caprino, as always, and I will be the also the co-host, Chris Collins. Um, how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. I'm fantastic. I'm off today. It is Friday, the day we are recording. Um, just chilling. Chilling Relaxing. like a villain. Yeah. Are you a villain or are you a hero? Always hero. Always a hero. Villains are pretty cool. Honestly, sometimes they usually have like the cooler superpowers, but yeah. you know, the hero always trumps the villain. So yeah. hero always in prevails. This, in this case, who's the hero and who's the zero in the Super Bowl this Sunday? The hero, the refs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that joke last week. Uh hero is the Chiefs, zero is are the Eagles. Zero is the Eagles. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, which brings me, we're going to be super, super brief with the Super Bowl since we talked about it um, last, last podcast episode. Um, if you haven't checked that one out, go ahead and check that one out. So you can kind of get yourself uh, up to speed with us now. Um, we both have picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, which um, means the Eagles are winning. Probably because yeah. <laughs> we're blind, we're blind with the picks. Um, but I will say this, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there to you and tell me if it's a big factor or not. One, Mahomes just got selected for his second MVP in the NFL. Yep. So congratulations to him. Uh, it is well-deserved. His stats were incredible. He yep. played phenomenal. Um, but along with that, in the playoffs this season, this playoff series, like the whole entire time, he has not thrown an interception. Nope. There are no picks, no nothing. So do you think, does that break in the Super Bowl or does it not? I think it continues. I think the streak of not being picked off continues for Mahomes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to actually kind of disagree with you on that one. I think the reason why is the Eagles defense is pretty superb. Um, it's better than most defenses in the NFL. Um, yeah. The secondary to me is what makes them the big difference. Their, their secondary is phenomenal. Um, I feel like the Eagles defense is going to be a big factor in um, you know, the Super Bowl in general. Um, I still think the Chiefs pull it out, but it's going to be really close. They're almost like identical in stat wise, but performance wise and, you know, stellar superstars and everything like that, they're pretty balanced there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like I said, we're going to be short with this. So, uh, if you are locking in picks, you can always go with the blind pick and go with the Eagles, or you can jump on ship with us with the Chiefs and hopefully things work out. And just to let you know, um, bets have the Chiefs at a 52% of winning the Super Bowl while the Eagles are at 48%. So it is your choice. It is your money, your choice. We can't do that for you. Yeah. Don't blame us. Yeah. Stop. You, it. you saw how our last picks went. So don't blame us. Yeah. You can call us villains, heroes, whatever we may be. We're just people. Yep. <laughs> we're people. <laughs> we're people. Um, all right. So we're done with the NFL super quick. There was a big, big, big NBA tread trade deadline. Yeah. Day. Like well, biggest days. one in recent. It was, like, it was like it was like a like a good like five days worth of like really good yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, the trade um, deadline was yesterday, I think at 2 p.m. Pacific. Like that was like where they could trade up to, to yesterday, Thursday yeah. at 2 p.m. And it did not disappoint. Um, no, me, like, like even for myself, um, I know you're into NBA more than I am, but as like, you know, looking from the outside into the NBA as a fan, kind of like that, um, 
it did not disappoint. The names that were traded were huge. I will um, the like spoilers like if you guys didn't read that Kevin Durant's on the Phoenix Suns now like that's insane. That's, that's insane. Like I woke up and I was like, what? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're gonna we're gonna go to Kyrie first, and then we'll go to yeah. KD. Um, so Kyrie traded to the Mavs. Um, he is already playing as a Mav. He won his debut. Um, he actually played very well. Are you surprised by the way he's already started with Dallas? And are you on board with him in Dallas or are you against it? Um, as of last week, like I'm not surprised that Kyrie like went off like his first game. Like he did awesome. And that was without uh Luca in the lineup. Um, so we haven't seen them play together yet. Um, I think um I last week I know I said like I don't see him being traded, and if he is, it's like somewhere else and i I mean our nba insider is jonathan and he called (laughs) Kyrie going to dallas so um and i said jonathan yeah and i said cuban wasn't gonna do it and cuban was on board with it and then luca was really on board with it too um and i think just being in a mellow place with like less like media attention in a place like dallas compared to a place like new york is going to be beneficial i think for the mavericks and Kyrie in general um Mm -hmm. And I, I I can't wait to see where this goes. Like I know uh, Kyrie's a free agent after this season, so maybe we'll see him in Dallas, you know, after the summer, or you know, some on a different team if someone else takes a takes a shot at him. I agree. Uh, Dallas did not give up a lot to get him too, which is nice because he is kind of like a rental unless they do sign him to an extension. Yeah. Um. So it it's honestly, it's I think it's more of a win for Dallas to get him than it was for the Brooklyn side of things. But, uh, I mean, Brooklyn did get a good haul for a rental um, player. Yeah. But I think Kyrie is a big factor in where they place themselves in the standings in the West. I think that does. Like, the West, literally the East and the West shift in power almost became even with these trades that happened. Yeah. Um, But with Kyrie... um, like like you said, performing super well without Luca in the lineup or anything like that. It's like we can't wait to see what what it's like to have both of those guys on the court yeah. at the same time. And it's like I don't know. You have two totally different styles of players, and I think it's going to mesh really well. Yeah, I, I agree. And we just Dallas is now in the four seed. Um, they're only two games out behind Sacramento. Um, they're thirty and twenty six in the four seed. Um, mm-hmm. Phoenix is in the sixth seed and they had that huge straight of, uh, getting Durant, um, which caught everyone by surprise, but also again, our NBA insider, Jonathan said that, uh, Durant wanted to go to Phoenix last year. So, um, he got his wish and the Suns have him, uh, for a few more years. I think it's four more um, years, right? Four more years. Yeah. Until his, I think his age 38 season. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Um, and and looking back at the trade, what was included in the trade, I told you yesterday. I told you last night about it. Phoenix did it right. They did every other year for the first round picks yeah. to Brooklyn, so they're not in a drought of first round picks for them, um, which is really good. And also, like you know, the the Phoenix Suns the last like three years have been really good, and so they get kind of the bottom of the barrel of the picks. So Brooklyn's not really getting a high draft pick. No, um, Brooklyn's really. 
which is crazy to me is like Brooklyn is they're in the five seed. Like mm-hmm. if the if the season ended yesterday or today, they're in the playoffs. So now this hurts them now, but then also builds them up for the next few years. I agree. Like I think I think so. One, I think it was smart for Brooklyn to get rid of both of them. Both of them are phenomenal players. They got good compensation back for both of those players yeah. for the future. They're in a playoff spot right now. Do they make the playoffs at the end of the season? Yeah, I think they do. Um, do they make I think it far? It's, I think it's the like Brooklyn. I think it's the play in for them. Like, yeah, they and like that far. And I think in the play in, they they lose first thing. Like they're gone. Yeah. But now they have those first round picks and now they have cap space. They have everything going for them in the right direction. Um, it's just kind of sad that it didn't work out for those players that they signed to long terms to get them to play well. I don't know what it is about Brooklyn and, and players not wanting to be like they want to be there. And then they're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like it's yeah. been like a trend for like the last two years. And I'm just like, OK, there's it's either an in-house issue or the player it's, or it's just a player issue that they get. Yeah, it's strange to me because as as being like a primary baseball fan, that doesn't happen in MLB. Like, there's no yeah. like, I don't want to play here anymore. Like, trade me. Okay, we'll trade you. Like, the only one right now is Brian Reynolds, but I don't blame yeah, him. But Pittsburgh's not going to trade him until yeah. the trade deadline, maybe. But it's it's just strange to me that like how quick like turnover is with certain players and teams in yeah. the NBA compared to other other leagues where it's you know they're on a team for six plus years and then they get traded or something but yeah it's different I think, they have different front offices how they work like contracts so yeah i think the the kd trade works out for phoenix really well because they did need help they yeah. are not performing like they have been um chris paul i don't know what's going on with him he's just not playing well um he has his he has his good games don't get me wrong like he's still like a great player but the stat lines are not you know what the usual consistency he has the past few seasons yeah i mean let's see their last i mean he's old but he's also so consistent but the thing yeah he stayed he, like yeah, his know. last game 34 minutes played nine points 12 assists like we all know he's an assist king like he's not a scorer he, he he divvies up the ball he gets defenses kind of split and everything like that in the court but like I don't know if there's something going on like, you know, off the court that's distracting them and stuff like that. I don't know, but I think with KD there, it helps out a lot. Um, yeah. Maybe takes a lot of pressure off of Chris Paul um, and Devin Booker. Um, but it's just like, they need to find some sort of consistency. They're not a sixth place team in the standings. They shouldn't be at all. They shouldn't, they should be in top three, like somewhere in there. I think now they are. I think it should be Durant, Paul Booker, and then DeAndre Ayton. Like that's the best. That's the best four I think in the West. To me, I I like to compare. Like I I know they're not going to perform as well, but like, do they have similarity to when the Celtics had Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett? I think they're so different. I don't know. Like basketball's changed so much. Mm -hmm. You know that was gosh they won in twenty. I think it was like 10, 2008. Was it eight or, Yeah, I think it was eight. And I think then, it was eight. Then it was Lakers, Magic, and then Lakers, Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it's different like it, it's so much different there's a lot of just different role players on there and stuff and people weren't like jumping ship to go around but i think they're very similar yeah i wonder we've seen what we've seen big three in the past like the last few years and nothing comes of it like yeah like i, I talked to you last night about this like the nets had harden Kyrie, and durant and i think they're like a first round exit there's a there's a thing i think now a mentality in the nba where big egos get in the way of how they play I agree. And if you if you have too many superstars, it's just not going to work. Look at the Lakers. It's not working. It's yeah. not. Even though they just traded to get D'Angelo Russell back, which I don't They keep I, on. I think the Lakers made pretty good moves and they got they rid of did. Russell. They did. But here's also the thing. I just want to point this out. Remember how we talked about the Lakers and their draft picks? Yeah. They had to give up. Get this. They had to give up a 2027 first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, like they don't have a first round draft pick until 2028. Yeah, I mean, there were other teams that gave up, you know, 2027, 2028 first round draft picks, second mm-hmm. round picks. Like, so it's it's not nothing unusual. But but my thing is, is OK, LeBron's not getting any younger. AD's not getting any younger. You get D'Angelo Russell back. Who knows if it, you're going to get the Timberwolves D'Angelo Russell or you're going to get the Lakers D'Angelo Russell. You yeah. don't know. He was young. He's been inconsistent, though. But it's just like, I don't... I'm not a believer into the Lakers. I think there's just a lot of problems going on, and it's just too much to handle, and they need... If they really want something to go along with this, and it's going to be impossible to do because you can't move these players, it's just to rebuild, but it's impossible. They're, they've dug themselves a hole that they can't get out of. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's I, tough. If, if you're an L.A. fan, I would... I, I would jump ship to the Clippers. They have more of a brighter future ahead of them. I don't think so either. I don't think the Clippers. Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, better than the Lakers. Yes, I think that. Yeah, I mean, at least they kept their draft picks. That's I the can thing. tell. I can tell you this: like the Clippers can win the finals, and the Lakers can be 0-82, and Lakers more. will still draw more. <laughs> yeah, the no, I. Well, yeah, because the history behind it. Yeah, imagine if the Clippers moved back to San Diego. They'd be pretty cool. I mean, uh, it would be. I think Potter's, it would be cool. Potter's the only team in town, so yeah. Well, you got the goals. The goals are there. Maybe, the goals like, actually the goals league. actually draw a lot of fans for just minor league play. That's you good know? though. It it's, good it's great. Yeah. It's it it's it needs to be revamped. That arena is old. <laughs> yeah, hockey's coming up. They're uh, yeah. they're uh, it's a growing sport out here. It's been doing it. So, um, but with that, um, that kind of wraps up the NBA already, um. Like I said, we're, we're keeping things short and brief here, but hopefully it's uh, filling the information holes in your guys' brains out there listening. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I wonder if uh, Brian will say this. And then sure enough, he says it. There you go. Filled, filled the gap yep. right there. Play bingo. Throwing Play partners b- bingo. B4, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now we've been on a trend every podcast, excuse me, uh, doing for MLB the buildup, who's the MVP of each team in the division that we pick, and then the comeback player of the year for that team. So now we've gone through the AL West, the AL Central. Now it leaves us to the last division in the American League with the American League East, which consists of the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. So starting with the Yankees, Brian, yep. who is your MVP and who is your comeback player of the year? MVP, Aaron Judge. There's no one else I can really pick on that team. Okay. Um, the guy won MVP last year, even though Tony should have won it. But um, 
that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, Aaron Judge is the MVP. Like they did a huge job in re-signing him. Like they needed to re-sign him, and they did. Yeah. It. I couldn't see him going anywhere else. Um, so he's my MVP. Comeback desperately in need for a comeback is Josh Donaldson. Very much so. Yeah, you know he is. Um, he is older. He's not the third baseman we saw in you know Oakland and Toronto, but. They traded for him and he's got a man third base and, you know, hitting 220 with like 14, 15 homers is just isn't just isn't doing it like you no. need to just get be more consistent, you know, not, you know, bat flipping for a pop up to right field and you know <laughs> running your mouth. Like, I think I've never really been a huge fan of Josh Donaldson just because, you know, and being in Oakland and stuff, but like he's got to yeah. pick it up. I, I agree with the Josh Donaldson. I'm actually, so my MVP is Garrett Cole. Here's the reason why. Aaron Judge is not going to repeat the same numbers he had last year. No. Okay. Secondly, getting Carlos Rodon into the rotation takes a lot of pressure off of Garrett Cole to eat innings for that rotation because they did lose Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. And so with Carlos Rodon, if he stays healthy, that rotation has a lot more space to kind of be free and not be like loaded onto like I guess there's like, more room for error exactly as you're saying and so I think Garrett Cole is going to put up two something ERA definitely over 200 strikeouts and I'm thinking he goes over 200 innings yeah it's knowing he doesn't have to do it in himself like exactly like he's got a good offense like you know he can go six or seven the bullpen's still iffy but like knowing, and, and like, now you have Nestor Cortez breaking out, so you've got a good yeah. three man rotation, yeah. Especially like in a playoff, a short playoff series, like you could start, you got two aces, you know, you got Cole or Rodon, and there you, yep. there you go, exactly. So Cole that's why I picked shoulders, that's why I picked Garrett Cole, uh, for the main reason. And then for my comeback player, I picked Glaber Torres. I think okay. he, he needs to go back to when he first came into the MLB. Those power numbers were huge. His on-base percentage was huge. He had a lot of strikeouts last year, yeah. which I think was a big problem for him. Um, I will say his injury reports are not bad. So staying healthy is not really a big issue for him. No. I, he had, honestly, like, I'm looking at his stats right now. It's not Two, a bad 257, year. His ops was 761. He hit 24 home runs. It's Like I said, it's not a bad year, but compared to what he's he's done before it's it was a huge drop off from what he was before yeah the strikeout percentage is what because his power numbers went up like the home runs went up and everything like that but the average is dropping the strikeouts went up it's like he's flip-flopping from that consistent you know 280 hitter you know playing probably playing in the second spot in the lineup to now like a three four guy yeah, I mean, I could see it. You know, the last two years, his his batting average has there's a two point differential. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest he hit he has hit is two seventy eight, and that was the year he hit thirty eight home runs. That's what I'm saying. Like he yeah. the if the if the strikeouts drop, everything else is gonna go up. Yeah, I yeah. I think he he needs to start doing some vision drills or something. I don't know, just maybe a bit some minor tweak, nothing yeah. crazy. Tied his career high last year, one twenty nine. This is career high. And that was also in 2019. Yep. When he hit 278 with those 38 homers. So that's yeah. that's a good that's a good pick. He's like 
still had a great season, but like definitely like we've seen the glimpses of those 38 homers. Like yeah. definitely like if he if he can get up to 38 homers and like a 290 average, I wouldn't be surprised if he got MVP votes. Yeah. Oh, if almost 40 homers and above 300 or yeah. close 300, pretty solid. So. And if he's hitting before, I hope, I hope he's hitting before Aaron Judge, probably at the three spot. Um, if he's hitting 290 with, you know, Aaron Judge could potentially hit over 300. You know, yeah. those two guys right there, you can drive in so many runs from either yeah. or. So, um, all right. So jumping from New York to now. Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay has the sauce. We all know it. They have a secret sauce with their players. They get these washed up players and make them better. Yep. Um, or they just take no names and they're like, hey, you're an MLB player now. And then next thing you know, they're like almost up for the Cy Young or MVP conversation and everything like that. Or winning rookie of the year. Something, some, they're getting some sort of award that nobody thought that this player was even relevant. Um, so who is your MVP and who is your comeback player of the year for the Tampa Bay Rays? So MVP is going to be Paredes. Ooh, good one. Good yeah. one. And comeback player, uh, Wander Franco. Good one also. Um, I'm going McClanahan for MVP. I think he I think he gets Cy Young votes. Yeah. Um, comeback, I'm going Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, he's coming off Tommy John. Yeah, I think he is he, my number two. I think if he can just pitch. 150 innings that, that to me is a win that to me is a win yeah we've all we all know how much potential he has how well he does when he is healthy we all know we've seen it it's just now you know i feel like for all these comeback player of the year awards it's either well i would say at least 60 to 70 percent of it for our picks are all off of staying healthy that's all it is yep it that's so hard. Like, but like the best place to be at is Tampa coming yeah. off Tommy John. They they have the secret sauce. They yeah. know how. And I would even say the Dodgers have secret sauce. Like they yeah. they all know how to, you know, bounce back for players that are either washed up or hurt. And they take the time. They have whatever the trainers they have, whatever coaches they have, yep, whatever formulas they're using, it's working. Um I, I wish my team had it. <laughs> so do I. I mean, uh, I mean, the Seattle has a little bit of a secret sauce going, like with Paul Seawald and those guys. So um, mainly with the bullpen guys, that's what they have. But um, so, yeah, that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Now we're going to go back to the Northeast, to Boston, who okay. did not have a very good free agency year after coming off a really down year for them. Um, who is your MVP and who is your comeback player of the year for the Boston Red Sox? MVP's Devers. Yep. That's he's what their I guy. <laughs> like he's, he's their guy. I'm glad he's they, the last him. man standing there. He is. It's nuts. Um, the tough thing, it, it's hard because the guy I want to pick had a decent season. His just some numbers were down. He hit 280. Wait, wait, um, can I, can I, can I try to wait? Are you saying for MVP? No, for uh, my MVP's Devers. I'm talking about comeback. Okay, wait. Can I? If you said 280, can I try to guess what it is? Yeah. Is it Alex Verdugo? It is, but I'm it, not gonna go with him. Um, I think I, if he's healthy, I gotta, I gotta say Chris Sale. Like he I has, pick, I picked Chris Sale too. <laughs> he has so much to prove. He, I don't. 
God. I can't even recall the last time I saw him pitch. It might have been him closing out the World Series in 2018. Like, yeah. that's how long it's been. It's yeah. Crazy. I, I think Chris Sale, I mean, this is, I think this is the year that he, if he doesn't have a bounce back year, he's done. Like, not done, but like the elite player kind of um, title for him is gone. Yeah. I think I think so too. And since twenty, he didn't he didn't pitch in twenty twenty. So he needs to go back to sh- and twenty two. He is thrown in eleven games. Boston definitely got the short end of the stick when they got him from Chicago. Definitely for sure. Yeah. Chicago was the prime Chris Sale and everything. Even though you know Boston did win a World Series with Chris Sale, um, and he did well, his first year in Boston. He had a two ninety RA. That's, but what I'm saying is, is like every year since he's gotten to Boston, it's just been bad, 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 bad. So they kind of got the short end of the stick because they, if you look at it, they did give up, what was it, Yon Moncada for him. Yeah, and Kopech. Um, Kopech is definitely kind of flipping the tables, but Moncada hasn't really fulfilled all that hype, yeah. really. But um, yeah. So Kopech, I think Sale had two good years there in Boston. And then and he's since been there. Then, what this is what his fifth year. Or he just did five, seven, his seventh year, technically. Wow. Okay. He's been there for or, a while. No, his, already. His, 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 I think it's his fifth. Well, he's still under contract for what? Two more seasons. I think I'll have to double check that, but I, I yeah. think he is. He signed that long deal. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's the Red Sox. We both had the same picks with that one. Um, it's kind of easy because now they're losing everybody there, um, which is really sad. I don't know why you didn't re-sign Xander Bogarts. I, that that still baffles me. Like, that's just poor GM and owner skills there. Um, let's go to the Blue Jays, the only Canadian team in the MLB now. Um, They've been the only Canadian team. I know, forever. but I'm just saying, like, now, like, now means now, you know? So, <laughs> um, bring back Montreal for sure. Um, with that for the Toronto Blue Jays, who is your MVP and who is your comeback player of the year? Man, that's so tough. They have so that, many big names. They have so many big names. They're so young and they're so good. Oh man. Do you want me to go first and maybe that'll help you? Yeah, you go first. Okay. So MVP, I'm going Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. Um, Everybody says, oh, his year last year was bad. I'm like, it wasn't bad. It's just not what it was when the first season came up. Like, yeah. that's all it was. Um, so I think he puts up MVP numbers for sure. Um, my comeback player of the year award depends on, one, he's healthy, and two, playing time. That's the thing. Yeah. And mine is Kevin Biggio. That's yeah. what I got. I have not been sold on Kevin Biggio since he came up. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, he's got his he's got the last name. That's it. Yeah. But I mean, there's something there. He's a very good utility player. That's the thing. He can play any position. He even plays catcher. I haven't seen him do that, but I would like to. If, if you look, if you look, he has catching catching statistics. Dang. Well, his dad did too. So just saying, like it he's got the utility, but it's more of like, you know, one, he's got to stay healthy, and two. Does he get playing time with that loaded of a roster? That's the problem. Yeah, I don't think he does, especially with the outfield because if you look that at, they brought in. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, you could honestly say, too, for, like, comeback player of the year, you could even say George Springer. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go MVP. I'm gonna go Bo Bichette. Ooh, okay. He's That's just a, a solid one. shortstop. He he plays almost every day. Drives in ninety. He hits. He hits bombs. Like he's a. He's a good player. Like, he has the hair flow for he's it. Got the hair flow. Uh, he's got the confidence. Comeback. That's tough. I might go with. Whit Merrifield. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, they did just acquire him just halfway through last season. Yeah. And stuff like that. You know, who and, he, would and be he did th- better when he left KC. He did. He did. And I think it was because there's there's so many good players around him that he's not the only thing like you yeah. know, he was in KC. You know who would also be a good comeback player of the year award would be Jordan Romano. Yeah. He fell apart. He, he fell apart in that closer role pretty bad and then kind of bounced back towards the end of the season and then when but, it mattered in, in the wild card series <laughs> yep seattle took him out there you go yep. bam yeah right they did so um that's toronto i think toronto is gonna be a very exciting team i think they win the al east for sure um they did have they added some really great pieces they added chris bassett yeah. which and is Dalton huge. Varsho. oh yeah Varsho defensively kevin kiermeyer defensively as well mm-hmm. so they have they have depth i think what that means though george springer is gonna go to the dh role I can to, keep, to, to keep him healthy. Yeah. Um, because he does take it. He, he does some like fielding plays that to me, like, why are you diving for that and hurting yourself for it? Yeah. So um last team, the team that surprised everybody last and year. And finished above 500. And finished above 500, still paying Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah. With deferred money. Um, Baltimore. Do you think? Well, first off, before we do the players. Does Baltimore have another 500 season, like above 500? Okay. Or are they falling back to where they were? It's a big question. I there. think they're competitive, but not like last year. I don't think they finished above 500, but I don't think it's like 20 games under. It's, it's like, like an Arizona team. It's like 80 and 82 or something like something gotcha. like that. Okay. I, I agree 100%. I don't think they finished over 500. It's the rotation. Um, that's that's the biggest question I have is the rotation. They did add Kevin or, um, oh, my God, from the Phillies. What was his name? I can't even Kyle remember. Kyle Gibson. Yeah, Kyle Gibson. They did add him, which brings a little bit of something. Um, yeah. And hopefully John Means comes back healthy. They picked up Cole Irvin. They traded uh, with Oakland. Yeah. Um, but um, Who's your MVP? Ooh, my MVP Everybody is going to probably be like, why? I'm going Santander. I wouldn't say why. He was mine. <laughs> like Santander being a switch hitter first off. Like, yeah, he's not great defensively, but the numbers he put up last year, I think that was like a sign that like he's coming to play. Yeah. 33 bombs. Yeah. And nobody was talking about him either. No. And he's been on Baltimore since 2017. But last year was to the most games he's played. And he's played 152. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I, I think he puts up bigger numbers this year. I think he does. I think so too. He's twenty eight. He's in his prime. He's this is his walk year too. I believe it is. So he could, if they're out of it, he could be a trade. Um, but he's definitely like their biggest bopper in that lineup. Yeah, for sure. Um, my comeback player of the year. I was torn between either uh, Cedric Mullins. Okay, but I'm going with. Mountcastle, um, 
Really? I think, yeah, because I think he could put up way better numbers than he did last year. He, he, he here's uh, the thing too, with him, with him playing first base, right? He's not a power hitter for a first baseman. I think he's more contact play. Um, he hit 33 home runs and 21. That's power. <laughs> that That's power. But look at, look, okay. Look at last year though. Yeah. It dropped 22. It, it dropped, but also the average went up, right? Yeah. Also got to look at the that right that left field fence. That's what I'm saying is like playing in Camden Yards. It's like it's hard to hit it out in that ballpark. Yeah. It, it's very hard. But with Ryan Mountcastle, I think what sets him apart from other first basemen is he's actually pretty fast. Yeah. It's like it's like comparing JT Realmuto to other catchers. Like he's fast for that position. And I think what sets him apart is that speed where he can actually steal bases and put himself in scoring position for you know, a single being an RBI. Yeah. He can turn a single into a double with his speed. Exactly. Like, I think that's a, that's a big factor, especially for, if you have that in a first baseman. Yeah. I so. agree. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go John means um, they Good need one. their, they need their, their arm back in that rotation. He's coming off TJ. Um, yeah. I think, I think he's a difference maker every fifth day for that team. Yeah. I, I, I like that pick. Uh, you don't get really good lefties like that um that you see almost every day until last year what he was doing for baltimore when they were really crappy so yeah so anything like, hitter against your m's <laughs> you know it i feel like for no hitters the team that is like cursed with no hitters is tampa bay yeah that's what i think like if you look at it, almost like every year there's a no-hitter that happens, and it's always Tampa Bay. Yeah. Reed Detmers last year. It was against Tampa. <laughs> so, see, it's a trend. It's a trend. It's a trend. It's yeah. a trend. But with that, folks, we're going to end our episode three from coming back. Um, yeah. So I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Um, if you're listening, spread the word. Tell us that. Uh, tell your friends and family that, hey, they're back in action. They're consistent. And their picks are hopefully moving up this weekend. We'll see if we yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully if we picked right. But um, with that, I'm going to throw it over to my throwing partner, Brian, for his closing remarks. Another great week of sports. So much happening. Uh, baseball is upon us almost after the Super Bowl. The day after, pitchers and catchers are back in Arizona and Florida. And then we're going to jump right into uh, spring training and the World Baseball Classic. So, it's spring's coming, folks. It's going to be fun. Um, we are having some sports end, but our our bread and butter. We love baseball. So, with cutting the stem of a flower brings a new bloom. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the bloom of spring and the baseball. bloom of spring. All right, with that, folks. I hope you guys have a great uh, Super Bowl weekend, and hopefully, you have a great week leading up to our next episode next week. And we'll see you then. All right, everybody, love everybody. Ele.